Before we begin the episode this week, we wanted to give you a heads up that the final few moments of the podcast have been lost due to a minor technical issue. We hope you still enjoy listening and thanks for joining us on Homegrown Faith Podcast. You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend Richard Sweatman about God, the Bible and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Hey there, Joe. Great to be chatting with you again. How are you today? Yeah, I'm well, thank you, Richard. I realise I always say I'm well, but I just don't really know what else to say. So then I think, what should I say? And then I just say I'm well anyway. <laughs> yeah, anyway. you could say something like, I'm peachy keen. Um, <laughs> I would never say that. I'm I enjoy that you suggested it. <laughs> tick, tickety-boo. <Okay>. Tickety-boo. <laughs> Very British. There's some alter- alternatives. <laughs> anyway, what's been happening, brother? Well, um, as I think our listeners would know, um, in the last year, I've been teaching my son, my oldest son, how to drive, oh, and yes. uh, I can share that he now has his P's. He uh, passed his <laughs> test, and I thought, um, yeah, which which is great. I thought I'd share just um, a moment. I had a bit of a moment, like when he first drove out uh, alone on his P's. Oh yeah, it was like. Um, all right, Alex, he, he was going into a sort of church training event um, in a short distance, familiar route, everything, it, it felt fine. But I guess I sort of walked down to the car with him and because we'd been, <laughs> that was the tradition, it was routine, we walked to him and then he's got the keys and then it's like, it's, um, but I'm not getting in the car. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just standing there like, you know, a, a, a grandpa Um and I'm, I'm watch, <laughs> watching the car back out, and that's weird. And then watching it get down to the end of the driveway, that's feeling weird. Yeah. And when it when he leaves home, like I kind of had a moment, you know, like whoa, my son's growing up. Or I mean, he was coming <laughs> back home. It's not like he's <laughs> leaving home forever, but <laughs> it it felt like well, there he goes. And yeah, if I had a if I had a drone to follow him the whole way, I would have. Uh, I felt like I would have done something <laughs> like that, but. <laughs> literally become, out of sight yeah. Yeah. become the a true like a drone parent rather than a helicopter parent <laughs> yeah and I was full of stuff like you know com- compose yourself you know think carefully be safe all that sort of stuff but in the end the the the, the, the bird had to the young Leave bird the has, has left the nest and so wow yeah as far as my you know I'm not massively emotional all the time but yeah, there was a little, little moment there as he yeah. uh, as he took off. So there is nothing quite like that moment where you get yourself somewhere by yourself mm. in a car, and you yeah. think, "I did it." Yeah. Um, I'm excited. Alex has had that moment, but also, yeah, yeah I, I genuinely really haven't thought about how my parents must have felt when I drove no. away. So uh, I, I don't think Alex put much thought into how I felt. <laughs> so were you nervous while he was away? Um, oh, low, yeah, yeah, a little bit. I was, yeah. you know, glad to see that he came back, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I had no yeah. reason to be nervous. So yeah, that's my story. Bit of uh, bit of progress there, and we'll we'll see how that goes. I feel uh, like um, when parents tell me that their children have gotten their driver's license, I feel like the children get congratulated, but the parents should also be congratulated because they've done <laughs> quite, quite right. a project of driving. <laughs> Right, ninety hours or hundred hours, <laughs> me in the car. That's right. Yeah, but, which I don't begrudge. It's valuable time. But, oh uh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just—I feel like there should be kind of a an awards moment for the the parent or the guardian or the friend who's who's <laughs> walked the journey as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, 
I'll, I'll receive that. Thank you. <laughs> well done, brother. <laughs> um, yeah. And what about you? I believe you had a car story as well. I do have a car story. So, um, you know me, I quite enjoy having a find on market, getting a find on marketplace, something mm. that's quality mm. in good condition and um, a great deal. Yeah. And I you found. Are a good shopper. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I tried. I do have to limit myself. I don't want to be on marketplace all the time. It's not my life. <laughs> but <clears throat> I've been looking for some leather armchairs and I had quite mm. a specific idea about what I wanted. And I found one and I thought, oh my goodness. And then the lady said, I've got five. And I thought, oh my goodness. So I just, I committed to buying four mm-hmm. and she said they're quite large. And I thought, oh no, my Yaris has got excellently, surprisingly great <laughs> boot capacity. When you take out the seat things, like when you mm-hmm. move the seats and everything around, I was like, no, no, it'll be right. And I yeah. kind of looked at the measurements online for it. And I thought, no, no, she'll be right. She'll be right. She'll be right. <laughs> so I get there and they're very kind um, when they realize my Yaris is woefully too small to fit even one, <laughs> let alone four of these couches. And yeah. I was like, what was I thinking? What a space <laughs> cadet. And so I think, okay, I need to get a van and I need to get it fast. And I cudgeled my brains. I literally, it was a cudgeling moment. I was just sitting there thinking, what am I doing? And it came to me. I could have a moment where I did car next door. Have you heard of car next door? No, never. Okay, okay. So there are these cars that drive past occasionally that have a sticker called Car Next Door on them or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Like Go I, Get or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing about them is they're just cars sitting randomly for someone to use. Ah. And what I'd heard years ago was that you just need your phone. And so I had this imagination that I would just get something on my phone. It would be like I had a key to all of these cars in the region. I could just get into a car that I didn't yeah. own. And I was really, really excited. And I thought, oh, my goodness. I could do car next door. So I looked up car next door and I found a van that was going to be perfect for the job. So I arrived with all this anticipation that my phone would suddenly become a key to all these cars. (laughs) And I have to tell you, it was the biggest anticlimax ever. Guess what they had? Uh, A key safe? Yeah. (laughs) It was just a lockbox. It was a fancy lockbox, I grant you. You had to have the app and it had to... The app gave you a number, which then you put into the, the lockbox and it wasn't the same number every time. Like it was a different number for each one. Yeah. So it's a little bit higher tech than your regular lockbox or key safe, but it was very much just a key safe. And then you popped out the Hyundai van key and then off you go. And wow. so I just have to let you know, it, it was an anticlimax, but I did feel a sense of having resolved the, can my phone become a key question? in <laughs> I am massively impressed by you problem solving on the fly there. Uh, Joe, that's um, well. That's superb. It was probably born of the fact that I hadn't really thought it through when I committed to buying these chairs because I was so excited. And maybe other people don't get into these situations, but I did feel pretty foolish when I got there, and he was like, "Yeah, that's not going to fit in there." And I was like, "Oh, whoopsie!" <laughs> oh dear. Speaking of apps and cars, you'll oh, be yeah. uh, you'll like the story on a Korean drama I watched recently. Yep. The hero uh, got into a car, but it was an electric car. He had trouble starting it. And so he tried his phone, but that didn't work. But because he's a software kind of geek, he coded and designed an app while the bad guys were closing in on them that would <laughs> open, start the car. So it's possible. Maybe in another world, you could have coded your own app. To, I just to need to buy it. a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on to more um, yes. <laughs> important yes. things. Great to hear those stories. Uh, tell us, what have you been reading in the Bible, Joe? We love hearing about this. Yes, well, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping because I'm reading chronologically. I'm following this 
Bible mm. chronologically through. And I'm reading some Psalms and some Chronicles. Yeah. And I really don't want to get into why I don't think that's a great idea because <laughs> I'm really not enjoying it. But I've been struck by this Psalm that I thought I would read. It's actually quite short, so I'll read the whole thing. Psalm yeah, 93. Sure. Um, Psalm 93. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed, enveloped in strength. The world is firmly established. It cannot be shaken. Your throne has been established from the beginning. You are from eternity. The floods have lifted up, Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their pounding waves. Greater than the roar of many waters, the mighty breakers of the sea, the Lord on high is majestic. Lord, your testimonies are completely reliable. Holiness is the beauty of your house for all the days to come. Now, Mm. I enjoyed reading the psalm. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, oh, yeah, the Lord's majesty. He's being robed, holiness, beauty of his house. And then I was like, what does this even mean? And I am still a little confused. So I'm kind of in this confused territory and I didn't go further. I kind of let myself just sit in it. But here's my question. I think when it's talking about the floods lifting up, it's like the floods have lifted up, Lord. The floods have lifted up up their voice, Mm. their pounding waves. Greater than the roar of many waters, the mighty breakers of the sea, the Lord on high is majestic. I think a lot of this is about the majesty of the Lord over creation, but also that he's holy in that. I think that's what it's trying to start and finish with. And that in the narrative, the floods are this mighty, powerful thing, Mm. but the floods lift up. I think that means almost they show the Lord up higher than the floods and Though they are great and mighty, the Lord is majestic over even them. Mm. Is that what you get from it? Oh, well, you've Not been having ref- spent much time. Yes, this, you've but- been reflecting on this psalm more than me. Um, yes, the version I'm reading at the moment has has the floods as the seas. Um, oh, okay. Which, yeah, it's just you know, a word. I think a word for sort of turbulent water. Um, mm. uh, I suspect is behind that. But, and I've got um, an image of rushing it, like the noise, yeah. the cacophony of oh, the flood. Too. Yeah, it's clearly, um, yeah, noisy, pounding waves. It's very yeah. violent. Mm. So yeah, I, I think I, I think you're right. Um, uh, there's verse one and two. There's the the majesty, the strength, the yeah, um, the the peace um, in in God is is very dignified and and still there. Mm. The, and the seas and the floods, um, I'm feeling like are. Um, Potentially in opposition or hostility, representative of. Oh, interesting! Um, I did wonder about that. Of chaos or mm. um, uh, earthly rebellion. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's that does not shake God at all. He's he's mm. completely, um, yeah, sovereign and unthreatened by mm. this raging sea. Mm. Um, yeah, it was interesting because as I was reading it, I was particularly thinking about the people who had just faced very devastating floods in Queensland and, and the northern um, areas of New South Wales. And I guess I was I was reflecting on how they would have a different image of flood to yeah. me. And, and I wondered what the original reader had as their image of flood or sea and whether this is a we persist, we can all see the same thing or if it was a deeper meaning. Mm. And um, I can't think of anything other than, you know, that, the deep, the idea of kind of a, a you know, and the, Jesus st- stilling the waves in the sea, like calming them, shows 
his power over one of the most powerful, like the the most powerful thing. Yeah, that the fishermen face is the the storm, the waves, and the um, the, the weather. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I guess I'm just thinking it does really heighten majesty, even if I don't have all the undertones of the original reader that they might have in their head or the picture that people have when they they think of flood. Oh mm. yeah, no, there's there's all sorts of is it, there's the, the waters and creation and mm. Noah and mm. um, oh, no, the Red Sea, yeah, the Red Sea and stuff like mm. that. So, but yeah, it's just I think Jesus stands out. Uh, like our minds yeah. just go so quickly to here. Jesus was was really was literally kind of threatened by this, the raging sea, mm. um, but he was totally um, sovereign over the waters. So, mm. Mm. Um, is really reinforces our. Um, a theology of Christ as yeah, fully fully God and sovereign over um, mm. all forces of chaos and evil. Mm, yeah. So anyway, it was a good time to read. I do I do find a, I really yearn to be someone more comfortable with poetry, but I quite <laughs> enjoy just reading it and being like, okay, I think this could be what it's yeah. saying. But I think this psalm is really clear how majestic our God is, and then we see yeah. it in Jesus. So it was no, encouraging I, to read. I love the way you. You yeah keep coming back to poetry in the Bible and uh, oh, yeah. and let it shape you rather than yeah imposing your yeah some of your <laughs> negative feelings about poetry on the, on the Bible. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I've never really read much poetry. Anyway, that's for another time. Yeah, we should talk about that another time. <laughs> what about you, brother? What have you been reading? Well, I've been reading a um, a bit of the Puritans. I think I hinted Ooh, at this. Yes, a you were few going to do ago. this. Yes. Um, and so, um, yeah, I read a brief book on who the who were the Puritans, a history of the Puritans. I, I don't think it was a particularly Christian book, but that was very helpful because it was just complete blank in my brain. Mm. Uh, and then I've started reading a book called um, The Godly Man's Picture or, or possibly The Godly Man and Woman's Picture by mm. uh, a Puritan called Thomas Watson, um, okay. who... Uh, I don't know much about him, but I've he was a preacher and a writer, um, lived in. No, well, I think that's a lot of the case with the Puritans. They're, they're not as famous as um, people like Calvin and Luther. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. We're sorry our recording was cut short. We hope you enjoy perhaps digging into some Puritan writing. Maybe The Godly Man's Picture by Thomas Watson is something you'd be interested in reading. Uh, Richard definitely enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for joining us today. If you have any interest at all in thinking about how to grow healthy evangelistic churches in Australia, the Reach Australia Conference is coming up soon. We love Reach Australia. We're part of their podcast network. Uh, why not check out their webpage, find out how you could learn and grow and um, be matured in your ministry, uh, proclaiming Jesus to Australia and the world. Thanks for joining us and we hope you have a great week. 